Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. It is Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, and this is another live edition of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Eva. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, we are broadcasting live from a secure bunker here in Cincinnati. And the mission of our show is to use all our skills collaboratively to do what we can to make a difference in the workplace, in your lives, and then in the world. Right, because we feel that if you can make a work, if you can make a workplace, if you can make a difference in your life, then you go out and all the people that you touch it will end up making a difference in the world. Just like being Debbie Downer can make a difference too. Right. We need everyone to step up here, right? Um, it's a team effort. That's right. Um, we say that all the time. And 100% of the people we speak with agree that there are issues, problems, and concerns in the workplace and elsewhere that can be made better. And that same 100% say the issues, problems, and concerns in the workplace are caused by others. Right. And so now, and since the workplace now, as we always say in the beginning of the show, there is no longer any difference between work and home because we work from home. And so it's important to make a difference. Right. Um, every year it gets harder and harder. So come on. Keep the energy high, right? That's what we got to do. So we have stuff going on. You have some stuff going on, and you have a couple things in November. Yes, um, and we actually have a couple things in November. On November 3rd, I will be speaking at the E-Women Networking event in Ivy Hills. Um, that's an 11.30 luncheon event for networking for the Cincinnati chapter of E-Women. I will be speaking on Stand Up and Be Heard, Tips for Overcoming Your Fear of the Spotlight. And we will also be doing a two-hour, you and I will be doing a two-hour workshop on the same topic on November 14th for Women's Way of Ohio and Kentucky. Nice. And that's going to be a great event because we're going to have our workshop, then there's going to be a poetry and writing, reading, and then there's going to be food, and then there's going to be music now, seriously. And then the revolution. And then the revolution. Okay. <laughs> so so that's good. So um, everything else okay? I know we haven't been talking as much as we normally do. Everything is fine. Good. Um, I have some webinars coming up, and I have some classroom training beginning in December. So not going to bore you about that now, but... Announcements to follow. More to come. Yes. Excellent. Um, all right. So, you know, I'm going to say this, right? The guests that we have had recently and even earlier in the, in the year, they're just fantastic. I mean, I feel like either we hit lotto or it's just that there are more teammates out there looking to make a difference than we think. Oh, there's just a ton of, te- a ton of teammates. And it's exciting because... 
I know that the name of the show is Corporate Talk, but it really is about making a difference in, in your personal and professional life. And so every week we're bringing more and different people on that just have these great backgrounds that are doing amazing things. And today is, again, no exception. Right. Um, I also want to say in front of this week, I mean, it's an all-star lineup. Um, and, you know, even in the past and in the future, it's just all-star, all-star, all-star. I know. And what, we're booked out until? So we're booked out April. now through March. Wow. Completely through March. So, um, you know, we're gaining traction. So today we do have a very interesting and unique guest. Um, and it, uh, it's, I love this guest because, um, this person is local mm-hmm. and, um, it definitely ties into our mission. And I would like to talk about that for sure. Um, but we can do that together. Right. Sometimes making a difference means digging into your past. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, um, we would love to introduce our very special guest today. Um, as I stated earlier in some of our posts, um, mother, wife, business owner, published author. Uh, we would love to introduce Carrie Herzner. Are you with us? Yes. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Heva. How are you? Hey. Hi, Carrie. So Hi. welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And I guess the first thing I want to say is, well, there's two things I want to say, if okay. it's okay, right? One, congratulations on your book, which we're going to talk about. And two, um, Eva has not stopped talking about it. <laughs> no, I really haven't. You know, I have to admit, Carrie, when I started reading it, it really got me from the first sentence, and I'm not joking, and it sucked me in, and I just read it cover to cover within like a day or two. It was great. It's great. So, um, yeah, fantastic work. So share with us, Carrie, um, some contact information or your website first, and then we can go from there. Some information on my website? No, well, what is your website so our listeners can follow along? Okay. uh, Yeah, my website is carrieherzner.com. That's uh, H-E-R-Z-N-E-R. A lot of people have a hard time spelling it. Yeah, you can go to my website, and um, I have the two books out there. I'm focusing on Good Luck Bill right now on my website. But, yeah, that's where you can go to reach me and contact me and check everything out. Excellent. CarrieHersner.com. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny, right? There are a couple of things. We Every guest that we have the privilege of meeting on the air has a book, mm-hmm. and they're all fantastic. Um, they're all kind of... And I don't mean this in a bad way, predictable. So in other words, if we have a fantastic speaker, the book will be about speaking. If we have a fantastic um, business marketing owner. business yeah. owner, the book will be about that. And um, what really got our attention this time is that Carrie's book is just a completely different, unique, but also uh, breath of fresh air, something different. And I think that had a lot to do with the interest that it's been getting. Well, and, and it's a memoir, right? So Good Luck Bill is a memoir. It's about her father. And what I always find interesting, you know, I do like reading memoir because I really like 
getting to know the author. And this book is no exception. I mean, you really get to know Carrie. Um, so, Carrie, uh, what was it like um, inside your head developing this book, knowing what Eva just said, that it's also the readers are going to be getting to know you as well? You know, I never really even thought about that while I was writing it. And um, I didn't consider, I too like reading memoirs. So I understand what you're saying. But I guess as I was writing the memoir, um, I don't really see it as a story about me. So I didn't, I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time that I was writing a story obviously about me. I looked at it more as a um, story about bigger, um, bigger ideas and bigger issues and, and life. And, you know, Bill and I went through so much together that I, that's what I saw was the story. I didn't necessarily see it as a story about me. But now, obviously, since it's been out and a lot of people have contacted me and talked to me about it, I, obviously, it, it is about me. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it's really a tip to others to, to do the same thing, right? Don't focus on your self-focus on the content of your story, which I guess um, turned out to be a great success for you. But And I know we want to go into that, but mm-hmm. I want to ask first, um, how do you, as a business owner, mm-hmm. find the time to do all of this? I mean, this was in you, and it needed to come out. And how do you find the time during the day to uh, – because – and I say this for our listeners, right? Because we all have things we dream about, want to fulfill and do, but sometimes our day-to-day stuff prevents us. And by some um, act of courage or discipline or both, you manage to do both. Maintain your business, your day-to-day, as well as uh, build this dream in the background. So what was that like? Well, I have to say I am a very um, regimented person. Um, mm. For as long as I can remember, I have I, I wake up in the morning. I try to get up before any of my children do, so I can have some time to myself and drink coffee. And the first thing I do is I make a list. So I make my to-do list every single day, um, and I always have since since I can remember. Um, we all do have, I think. Goals. I think it's really important, or, you know, goals and dreams, and I think it's really important to honor those, and you can always find the time. I I know that might sound, however that might sound, I do think you can always find the time if something's really important to you. Well, it's important to hear that from you, right, because you walk the talk. So you're not just saying there's always time. You're saying, you know what, if that's your dream and you want it to come out, there's time. You'll find it somewhere. You have to put the work in. I mean, nothing comes easy. You have to put the work in. You can't sit around and wait for the time to happen. You have to look at your day-to-day life, your schedule. Um, I have set days that I work. I have set days that I write. I, you know, get up very early. I stay up very late. I do nap. I do try to take a little nap in the middle of the day. when I'm not at the at the salon, and but sometimes even then I'll take a 10 minute nap in between clients if I can. Um, mm-hmm. But I I get up early, I stay up late, I make my list, and I make it happen because for me personally, um, that is a really bad feeling to have 
a goal or a dream and to ignore it. I don't think that that's healthy. So if you have something you really want to do, you can make the time. You just have to be disciplined about it. And I don't know who said it. Someone said, you know, schedules allow for spontaneity. It's, you know, some, I'm sorry, I can't remember who the um, owner of that quote is. And But that's exactly true. I think when you really schedule out your days, make your list, you can get anything done that you want to. Well, and that's why we love having you because that's kind of what it's all about, right? Well, because what we haven't even talked about is that Carrie has three sons and one's tiny. And so in the middle of all of that, <laughs> you know, she wrote a book. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, some people would say, I can't even take a shower. Well, it, right? it's even more than that, right? It's, it's also <laughs> to maintain um, your business yes. as well. That's what That's I mean. Point. Yeah. I mean, this is almost hero-like, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, um, great work. And just one more thing over the top of everything we're just saying is, to your point, you got to put the work in, and you could tell by each word that the time was put in. in oh, absolutely. This book. Um, yeah. And we strongly recommend it. So uh, before we go to our first break, and then we'll come back and go uh, into the book more, the website is Carrie Herzner, C-A-R-R-I-E, Herzner, H-E-R-Z-N-E-R, Dot com And on that website is a lot of information about Carrie and also this book um, that has just been released. And I think it's important for all of us to check it out because this is the direct result of what can happen when you make a commitment to yourself to fulfill a dream. Mm-hmm. Right? That's terrific. So uh, I just wanted to beat that to death a little bit because I really think it's an accomplishment. I do too. Excellent. So, okay. So Carrie, thank you so much for being patient. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we can uh, really get into the book. We're a little dive more. Into the book. Okay. So please everyone stay with us. This is a very unique show. Corporate talk with Charlie, Eva and our very special guest author, Carrie Herzner. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars, but now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is segment two, and our guest today is author Carrie Herzner. She's the author of a memoir, Good Luck, Bill. And she also has another book, if you can believe it. 
Beauty, Your Guide to Happiness and Success in the Salon Industry, which was published back in October of 2014. And Good Luck Bill just came out this October in 2015. So, Carrie, um, I really want to dive into the book a little bit. And like I said, with the first sentence, you really got me because if I remember correctly, you and your husband were in a counseling session or it was after the counseling session, but you guys were having issues and he just looked at you and he said, oh, I forgot your Bill's daughter. And did you, you know, when he said that to you prior to that, did you know you were going to write a memoir or was that the catalyst that started that whole ball rolling? Um. That was the catalyst to me reconnecting with my father. So, no, I did not. I've always, I've, I've, I love to write. And so um, I was actually working on a fiction piece at the time that was probably heavily influenced by my real life. But, you know, we call it fiction. Um, but as soon as he said that, it took me a few months. And, and then I decided to, you know, uh, find my dad and, and figure out what he meant by that statement. Um, because I hadn't talked to my dad in 20 years, and he had never even met my father. So um, the first time I went and saw Bill, uh, I knew I had to document the experience. I still didn't know I was going to write this book at the time. I just wanted documentation of our time together because it was so strange. So. <laughs> Yeah, and and like you said, you hadn't spoken to him at that point in 20 years. And I know you go into it a little bit in the book, but you know, how did that how did that feel picking up the phone after all that time? It, it was it was it was weird, I have to say. Um, and of course, I, all I had to do was uh, look him up, and I found him so easily. And he only lived 45 minutes away, so um, it was very strange. I. I remember that day well, and it was on Father's Day, ironically. I, I didn't even plan that to happen, but um, I picked up the phone and called him, and he, you know, just started talking, and I started, I even started writing down the things he was saying to me on the phone. Again, not, I think subconsciously I knew I was going to do this, but some of the things he said were so strange, I, I had to write them down to believe them, you know, to, to make them real. Because if I had just hung up the phone, I probably would have thought it was a dream. So I started writing down some things he said to make them real. It was very strange. You know, and I think that it's what I like about us talking about it and about the book itself is that it sort of shows that it's important to write down these interactions, you know, to actually get this down. Because there's so much time that we talk to our parents and we don't get we don't write it down. We don't remember. And then they're gone. Either they're gone from our lives for one reason or another. They may die or they may, you might become estranged like you guys were for that period of time. And how, how great it is to have that, all those memories actually written down. So I think it was really a great idea that you decided to start writing this down and start documenting it right from the get-go without even really knowing that you were going to write a book about it. Right. Uh, and so when you started, when you started writing all that down, um, was, was what was coming, was, was it becoming clear to you that you and your dad were a lot alike or that you weren't alike or that you didn't really know him? I'd say all three. 
<laughs> yeah, it's sort of like it's it's really it's like a looking glass, right? Right, because when you do when you do talk to your parents, I'd even think if you hadn't spoken to them for a long time, they're you know you're connected. Right. And I was just wondering if you were feeling that connection again, right when you picked up the phone. Yes, I mean he's a very funny man. He pulls you in. He's very charming, and immediately he had me. He had me after twenty years of not speaking to him. He had me. As awkward as it was, he had me laughing, and he had me remembering um, all the, the good times prior to that. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, you know, the connection was there immediately. And how old were you when you stopped talking to him? Uh, I was 16. Oh, okay, okay. So you were already a teenager. So that could be quite a bit of bitterness that had been building up. So when you picked up that phone... How tough was it for you to actually start talking to him, even if he was joking? Um, you know, I really, I think the hardest part was picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. After I picked up the phone and the conversation began, um, it wasn't hard to talk to him. I mean, he's my dad. It mm-hmm. doesn't really, you know, there's still that there, regardless of how much time it's been. So the hardest part was picking up the phone and making Right, I mean... Uh- I don't, I'm uncomfortable picking up the phone to cancel a dental appointment. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's that. So, I mean, that must have been. these days, you know, no one picks up the phone, so it's terrifying. <laughs> um, no, I bet. Well, it's terrifying, but then on top of it, like, I would think there would be so many emotions flooding you. So you pick up the phone and you have that initial, like, angst about picking up the phone and calling your dad because you don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to be nice? Is he going to be a jerk? Is he going to pretend like he doesn't know who the hell you are? I mean, there's all this stuff probably floating around in your head as to what's going to happen when I make this phone call. And then I would also think that behind all that, when you get past that, there's also that residual anger. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, you know, I I will admit there was a time in my life I was pretty angry with him. I would say my late teens and early 20s, I I was mad. I I thought he should call me, he should reach out to me, and he and he never did and there was no way I was going to, you know. Um mm-hmm. just teen stubbornness and just years of um enduring some things, you know, a child really shouldn't have to. So um but I had at the time by the time I called him on that day I really wasn't angry with him any, anymore. I was more curious. Um, I was really curious to just see where he was in his life and um, what all had happened in those 20 years. So, I, you know, it was curiosity um, more so than anger. anger. The anger had already come and gone. I had, I had released that a while ago. Yeah, and you could tell that in the book because as I was reading the book, what I liked about it was you could feel your curiosity and you could feel that you could feel that you loved him, you know, that there, you weren't angry towards him anymore. I mean, there were moments when he would say something and you'd be like, what the hell? But um, but overall, your demeanor with him and the way it comes through in the book is not anger. It's just like, I want to get to know you um, and I want to get to know you before you're gone, which I think is is really terrific and it's just a testament to your ability to forgive. And it's also a testament to your ability to then forgive and also just to be present with him and not be mean to him and just find out where he was at and what he was thinking when he did this stuff that he did. Right. 
There's always a reason why. You know, it's really easy to be angry with people, and sometimes it's justified. You know, there's certain things that happen where anger anger can be a really healthy emotion. But um, there's always, well, typically there's a reason why people do the things they do. I mean, that's what my ex-husband even stated to me. He was blaming genetics. So, you know, was there a genetic reason for what I was doing? Was it my father's, did my father grow up and inherit some weird gene where, you know, we're just not not nice people or what, you know? So I just was, like I said, really curious and not angry. And I think it is important to forgive um, people. I do. And when your husband, when your now ex-husband had said that to you, what what prompted him to say that? Why, you know, your dad and not your mom? You know, that's a Do great you know? one. Well, my mom's pretty nice. My mom's always been around. <laughs> my mom is a very kind person. Um, my husband, my ex-husband was very mad at me that particular day. Um, we had been in counseling, and um, I just, you know, looked over and said, you know, Mary just fail every day, and I'm done. I'm just done. And I was done. I declared it, I got up, and I walked out. And um, I think he, what what that made him think about was my dad pretty much getting up and walking out on mm-hmm. us as children. And so I think the, the comment that he made stemmed from me just getting up and leaving and him knowing that that had happened to me, you know. And so that's why I think he connected it to Bill. Which, and had you, you know, <laughs> there's some... There is some truth to that. I mean, there are patterns that we have to break, and a lot of them are what are what we grow up with. And and that's true with all of us. Yeah, it's true with every single one of us. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But what I was wondering, too, is, you know, had you guys talked a lot about your dad? Or did that yeah. kind of really, it seemed like it came really out of the blue. Yeah, we really hadn't. Um, I would mention my dad occasionally, like, well, my sister still talked to him from time to time. So mm-hmm. I would say, oh, you know, Twig talked to Bill today or, you know, I don't know. I just, I'd mentioned Bill a couple times, but um, we didn't really ever talk about him much. I didn't talk about my dad much at all, honestly. That was kind of a subject you didn't get into with me. I was over it. I was done, you know. Mm-hmm. What happens, happens. Again, I'm done. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that because. He's not part of my life. So the statement really did come out of nowhere. And that's, I think, what shocked me so much and propelled me forward. So, Right, because it was a really painful thing to say. And, you know, I was wondering, too, about your sister, because I know throughout the book you were saying that your sister had kept in contact with Bill. And how did you feel about that? I thought she was stupid. <laughs> mm. I just thought, you know, that's so foolish. Why would you do that to yourself? You're wanting something you're never going to get. Um, she's, you know, she's a very loyal person. She's, um, family and friends mean everything to her. So I understood why she would, would reach out to him and talk to him and stuff. But I thought it was silly. I thought she was, you know, pretty stupid for doing it, honestly. And when she, when she would tell you about him, would, would that really annoy you? Or did you just kind of not care? Yeah, and I just didn't care. Yeah. I, that sounds terrible, but I just, she'd say, oh, you know, dad's not feeling very well, or dad's this, I'm like, I, whatever, I'm done with that, you know, so, didn't really annoy me, I just didn't, I didn't care enough for it to annoy me. 
Right. But that's when you realize, too, that when your husband, your ex-husband had said that to you at the time, it's kind of like, ooh, maybe there is some stuff that I need to kind of mine through and figure out what happened. Because maybe right. it well, is affecting me now. Yeah, you hit a nerve for sure. Like you are saying, I'm, I, right? <laughs> you know, like who says that to somebody? I am nothing like Bill. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, and then it just gnawed at me. I mean, I, I think I thought about that statement every day. I know I did for three months. I, I know I did. And then one day I just got up and like, I'm going to call him. Let's just get, let's just figure this out. Yeah, it was definitely a trigger. And you know what else I think is interesting is, so I was looking, you have um, a trailer on your website, and I love that trailer. I think it's really well done, and the website's really well done, too. It's, it all looks terrific. And in the trailer is a picture of Bill and your mom, but I thought it was your sister, Kim, because <laughs> she look looks exactly just like alike. him. But you two look exactly alike, except you're, you have dark hair and she has blonde hair, and you look like your dad, and now I see that your sister really looks like your mom. Right. <laughs> which is amazing, yeah. right? And so it's it's kind of, do you think that your sister took on some of the genetic traits of your mom, or are you guys kind of a blend with that? Oh, she's definitely um, a lot like my mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very much alike. Kim's her own person, though. Um, I, I'm sorry, I should call her Twig. I call her Twig in the book. She's her own person. <laughs> she's pretty um, She's pretty headstrong. She's, she's great. She's, she has tendencies, I think. I think we both are a lot like both of them, but I do lean towards more towards Bill and my, my sister gravitates towards my mom in terms of looks, personality, you know, everything. So. You know, I just love talking about genetics and how they can affect our current relationships. Cause I know Charlie and I have a lot of these discussions a lot of the time and it certainly does affect us. And your ex really did trigger you with that statement, which led into a terrific book. So we're about to take our second break. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into the book and about your background. So stay with us, everyone. This is corporate talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is author Carrie Herzner. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Welcome back, everyone. This is segment three of Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and our very special guest, author Carrie Herzner. You know, um, man. The courage around getting so personal with us, Carrie, we really, really are learning from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, during the break, we were talking about genetics, and I sometimes say in my life, um, this apple went as far away from the tree as possible, got on a plane, got on a highway, 
and got as far away from the tree as possible, but never really left. <laughs> but it's still right by the tree. <laughs> still right by the tree. So, I mean, we get it. Um, but, you know, what inspires me is, you know, the person. So when I'm just listening to this conversation and um, it's just, you know, Bill aside, this is about you the grounding that you had to be. And, uh, you know, we, we always talk about the CARE model, which is an acronym for courage to take action relevant to everyone. And that's what you did. You turned this into a win-win for everyone. And I can actually learn from it. You know, um, I could, I can be inspired by the, the relationship. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you found it, but, um, well, and I, and I wanted to say it would have been really easy when your um, ex-husband said that to you to say, screw you, screw Bill, screw everybody, you know, and you guys are all jerks. And instead, you used it as a way to take a look at your own background, see where, why this triggered you the way it did, and then write this terrific book. Well, and you know, um, what you would say, I'm sure, is genetics also works both ways. The the, cur- the courage and intelligence behind came those, your came life from those is, came from there right. as well, you know? Um, so, okay, so CarrieHersner.com, CarrieHersner.com. The book is Good Luck, Bill. And how many pages was that? Uh, I think it's 146. Wow, that's 146 um, one-on-one, you-on-you, when your head hits the pillow sessions. And I mean, that must have been a challenge at times, um, you know, because really it was stuff only you could share with you, right? Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, how do you decide what you want to put in the book and what to leave out? Because you spent a lot of time with him at the end. Yeah. I, um, I put, I put most things in the book that um, I put a lot in the book, actually. There's not much I kept out. There might have been a few things he said that honestly were just so um, perhaps offensive to large groups of people that I decided to leave it out. Um, his sense of humor wasn't always politically correct. Uh, so little things like that I kept out. There was some personal um details on my end that I kept out for just out of respect for the other people involved. But at the end of the day, when I was done, I made sure that everyone involved and written about in the book read it and they were okay with what I said. So Mm -hmm. Um, there wasn't much I left out. um, No, I Well, and I thought you were very respectful to everyone in the book. Um, I didn't feel like I didn't, I didn't walk away from the book feeling bad for anyone or that you had disrespected anyone or that it was an angry book. I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really interesting book. I thought it was a really forgiving book. And I thought you just kind of laid it out. It wasn't a sentimental book. Well, that's a good point. And so when you take on something like this now as a published author, and by the way, Jackie O says, if you publish one book, you're doing something great. So that's another, another. And she has two under her mouth. So there you go. <laughs> Do you lay out, um, 
your chapters? I mean, or do you just take it as it comes? Did you have a plan as to how the book was going to develop? After I finished um, kind of journaling the entire thing, and no, I definitely mapped it out. I mapped out um, exactly how it was going to go. And there were cues and that he would say, you know, it was easy in a way. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't difficult to map it out. It kind of wrote itself, and I, I just had to listen and pay attention and make sure I put things in an order that um, made sense. Uh, but I had a lot of help. I have amazing, um, amazing support system with my writing groups and mentors and um, my editor. So there, it's not a solo project by any means. I would never get any of this done if it was just me by myself. I, I reach out and, and ask for help when I need it and have people read my work and um, offer their critique and advice. So, you know, it took me. I, wrote, I began writing it in 2011, and um, it just came out two weeks ago, so it wasn't something I did really quick. That's you make it sound time. easier than it was. I mean, just listening to you and Eva in the last segment, it was to me, I just felt it was just so personal. Well, it's really personal, but what was really what's really great about the book is that Carrie really puts a lot of detail. Like, you really felt you were there with her and Bill talking. And you could feel it, like if Bill said something to her, the way she would describe how she felt, you kind of felt those feelings too. Like he would say something and then she would say what she felt and you'd be like, yeah, I can see where you would feel that. How could he have said that? How could he have said some of these things so nonchalantly and be still so nonchalant about it after all these years? And so you could feel that, but you could also, it was good because you could also, you can also feel it from his point of view. And that's what I think is so exceptional about your book is that I also felt, I felt bad for him too. I felt bad for the way his life went. I went, I felt bad for the dreams that he had that he wasn't able to fulfill. And yet you knew what he did with you and your sister and you feel bad about that. It's like it was, it, but yet it wasn't maudlin and it was uplifting. So you have all of these unfulfilled dreams and unfulfilled wishes, but yet how two people come together and just kind of find closure around all of that. Yeah, it teaches you how to communicate, I think. So, Mm -hmm. Carrie, would you feel that you've grown as a person as a result of this writing? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I I hope so. (laughs) I mean, if you think about what you did, you, you, uh, you wrote about, a gap of 7,300 days, which is approximately 20 years, and you put it together in a book, which is just unbelievable. Did you just cipher that just now? Were you doing a little ciphering? I am a technologist. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know it was 7,300 days, Gary? (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, what I'm saying here is listening to you share the details it just made me go back and realize, you know, what it must have been like emotionally, right? Yeah. So, um, so um, I don't want to skip ahead, okay. but, um, you know, what is the objective, I mean, I, of a memoir? I mean, what is, the, what is the message to give, or is there really no message? The content is the message. Well, I think that 
I think that um, memoir, you know, and not just even memoir, but anytime you connect with another person and you um, genuinely share your experiences, whether you put that in a book or you just have a conversation one-on-one with somebody, um, I think that's so important to connect to people because then they, you know, they might feel um, brave enough to admit some things that have been weighing heavy on their heart or some dreams they have that they don't think that they can accomplish and, um, or just any subject that, that might be weighing them down. So either, whether it's memoir or you're having coffee with a friend or you're you know, casually talking to a stranger on the street, I think any time you kind of open your heart and you expose your true self, it's, it's a win for both people involved. Well, okay, so what you just said is really an incredible answer because, um, it, like I said, it inspires me to actually want to learn how to communicate like that. So when I now, maybe prior, I would say a memoir, I don't really care about that person. Why would I even want to read a memoir? And now I'm really excited to read it because it's teaching me about a relationship that took place and how it was tried to, you know, make sense of it. I mean, it's a, it's a lesson on life. And, um, I think it's fantastic. And I agree a hundred percent that it's all of the above is what you take away. You know, like, uh, to my point earlier, my book, three ways to make a million dollars. It's just three ways. <laughs> right. So this is more of a, it's a, each page is like a vitamin of, learning on how to communicate and so on and so on. Well, because you see yourself in the pages. I think that's where, that's what you did such a great job at. You know, when you're reading it, you really connect with you because you feel the honesty of it and you feel Bill's honest, honesty too, and how you portray him and, you know, the pieces of him that you capture that you put in the book and your interactions with him. I mean, you really, you really relate to both of you and not just to you. And that's the part that's really interesting is you feel yourself in both in both people in the book. And that's the skill of a writer. She's a skilled writer. You know, um, it's just unbelievable. Um, CarrieHersner.com, CarrieHersner.com. This book, I think, can help us all feel better and actually learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think not only do I really suggest we purchase this book, but we should also share what we think about it. We should put in some reviews because this is about people, right? And I think uh, the more we share, because I really think you're onto something here, and I think um, we can help, and I think everyone can help. Well, it's about looking into your past to change your future. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And who doesn't have, we all struggle with relationships on, in some way. There's something. And so, you know, it's good to, it's good to talk about it and try to figure out why and, and communicate. And when you find yourself, if you get yourself in a good headspace and you can kind of deal with the emotions you are personally going through, that, that kind of bleeds into everything in your life, your work life, your just how you raise your children, how you react, how you respond to the world. It's really nice to just kind of let go of everything you've known or what you've grown up with and kind of 
move forward. And so, you know, that's what I hope. I hope when people read the story, they do see themselves in it in whatever way that is. You know, everybody. Well, I, I, I get that. And I, and I, I, that will be the case, but you also get a sense of the author is moving forward without anger and now is in a really good place in her life and her home and, and her career and everything else. So there's lessons learned about that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, as you can see, I'm, I can't say enough about this accomplishment, but we have to take our last break. So mm-hmm. please stay with us. More to come. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eve and our very special guest, author Carrie Herzner. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. It's Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is author Carrie Herzner. She's the author of a memoir, Good Luck Bill, and you can find the book on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Um, also, check out her website. It's CarrieHersner.com, and it's H-E-R-Z-N-E-R. And it's a great website. It's got a fun trailer. It's it's really well done. So I, I encourage everyone to check it out. Also, her blog is there. You can learn more about Carrie there. So, Carrie, I wanted to take a step back and talk a little bit about the process because there's a couple things here, right? So you're a terrific author, but you're also a very talented hairstylist. Um, and you've been doing that for a long time. So when did you actually start writing? Because I know you've been doing hair for since you were young. Yeah, I, I've been doing hair um, for 21 years. So, yeah, straight out of high school, um, I went to cosmetology school. I grew up in a hair salon. I've only ever worked at a hair salon in my entire life. So it just um, comes naturally to me. I love talking to people. I'm really visual. Um, I have a short attention span, so doing a haircut and, you know, and then going on and doing something else and doing a color, and it works well for me because I like to keep moving and do different things all day long. So, yeah, I've been doing hair for 21 years. Um, it's great. I love the flexibility. I can, you know, make my schedule. See, we're back to the scheduling again, so I can schedule my work days and schedule my writing days. And it's a great balance to writing because writing is so isolating and often lonely and messes with your head big time. And mm-hmm. going into the salon is very, um, it's fun for me. It's its the complete opposite. I can be around people and uh, communicate and have a good time and learn a lot from other people too. I would see that almost as related, but I guess to your point, it's, they're completely different. I think the next one, except I have to be careful because she is the creator of my Blue do, mm. um, which I love, <laughs> by the True. way. Which looks uh, great. 
<laughs> but what I was going to say was maybe the next um, book can be salon memoirs, right? <laughs> but I have to be careful. I have to remember what I said. <laughs> no, no, no. I would never. I Tales from the chair. Yet, I, I, I will never, ever, ever divulge anything anyone ever tells me. I know. you, But you have more secrets than most psychiatrists, I would assume. I do. <laughs> and so when did you start writing exactly? Did you start writing a long time ago too when you were young? Yeah. Um, my, yes. From very, very young. So I've like grade school age. So oh. I have the first book I ever wrote. I think I was in fifth grade. And my, I still have it. It's a complete rip off of the Choose Your Own Adventure series, but nevertheless, um, mm-hmm. I wrote it. It was your own voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I took, you know, I put my own twist on it. But, yeah, and then, in, you know, I, I remember saying I wanted to be a writer when I was in high school, and um, my guidance counselor told me to try to think of something a little bit more uh, realistic, just, you know, for job security. So, but that didn't really deter me. That actually probably made me a little bit more motivated. <laughs> those, I would think so. Guidance counselors. Yeah, thank you for your help. For sitting here in high school, being a guidance counselor. But, you know, you can tell, Carrie, that you have a long relationship with writing because it's friendly to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was trying to think of a word to describe it, but it's friendly. You know, like when I write, I have to make sure that this word is going to leave a mark, you know. And so I'll fester on it because I'm not I'm not a writer. I don't have that friendly friendly relationship with words, which actually makes it easy for us to read. So, um, but you can tell that that there's a lot of time and a lot of skill. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a question for you. So when you were a, a little bit back to going to the process, because I know that there's going to be people that are interested in that, especially with everything that you have going on in your life. You know, you have a little a little baby, and you've got two teenage sons and a husband and you're a stylist and then you were kind of mining through your emotions with Bill. So when you were going through all that, first of all, when you were meeting with Bill, were you recording those sessions or were you just kind of, when you'd get back in the car, start jotting things down? No, I, I, I recorded them. I bought this little audio recorder and um, asked him if it was okay. And he said, yeah. So I, all the dialogue is authentic in the book. I, um, I wanted to record everything that um, we said to each other. So Interesting. It, but my memory is not good enough to get in the car and write things down. I, that's for sure. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to pick up on the you know, little nuances of his, um, the way he speaks and whatnot properly if I hadn't recorded it. So I wanted it. Well, the, the other thing missing is ego, which is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, it's just a. Well, and what's cool is that then you can hear then what you're hearing in the recording. So what you were hearing is she has you're throughout right there. the book. Maybe yeah. that's why in that first segment I just felt so connected. Right. And, and what she, what she does in the book is that Bill smokes a lot. Yeah. And, and she always has the sound of the Zippo. So as they're talking, She'll put in click snap and you, and you can just hear it. You can hear, you can tell he's lighting up the smoke. Um, and it's great. Or you can tell she's lighting up the smoke. Mm. Um, click snap. That's the first thing I wrote down actually on the notepad during our first conversation. I could hear a Zippo and, um, my son had a sketch pad sitting on the couch and I just wrote click snap because I kept hearing it. 
on our phone call. So, um, I, I, you know, and it just that continued throughout the entire book. I, it was a, it was definitely a sound we heard often. <laughs> right, and you could hear it throughout, and so you knew that he was always that was part of the conversation. Yeah, snap. And you could also picture. I immediately pictured. The Zippo. Now that's something for people that are a little bit older because now people really don't have Zippos anymore. But yeah. you know, it, there was a time when everybody um, had a Zippo lighter. You know, if you were cool, you were like with us. It would be like scrape rock. <laughs> I know that was you. <laughs> you had twigs against with the rock. Yeah. So spark. Wait, I have to ask. <laughs> what was it like? Getting the book in your hand for the first time when you knew this yeah. is it, it's real, and dum da dum dum or ta dum. Um. Oh, I wish I could say that it was so exciting and whatever. But you go through so many copies when you're proofreading, and you think it's done, and then you'll find one typo, and you realize it's not done, or one thing you want to change. So by the time I got the final, um product in my hand and it was completely done. I was just so exhausted that it was more of a thank God. <laughs> yeah, I bet it no was emotionally this. drained. Yeah, it must have been because I realized that during the time you were writing the book, you also had your youngest son. Yeah, well, I actually wrote the book, took a little, I had to set it aside for a little bit because it was so um, emotionally um, charged for me and um, I set it aside, and that's when I wrote um, my Business of Beauty book, actually, when I was pregnant with my third son and, and when he was a newborn. I wrote I wrote that book in between. Um, I started Bill, wrote the Business of Beauty, and then came back to Bill and, and finished him up after that. I took a break in the middle to, you know, it was too much. I had a newborn, and it was too heavy. I couldn't you think? carry Bill around and, and a baby. So I, I yeah. stepped back, you know. And I had to let it get cold and make sure it was what I wanted it to be before I went back and, and picked it back up again and, you know, put it out there. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it was it's a terrific book, and I encourage all our listeners to pick it up. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. The name of the book is Good Luck Bill, and the author is Carrie Herzner. And I want to add to that that it's a nice surprise, right? And it's a nice surprise to have you carry out there now as the writer sharing that friendly relationship you have with words because it really inspires us to read them. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I encourage everyone to also um, subscribe to her blog on kiriherzner.com. I mean, Kiri's got a lot of great things to say and I know that the blog's just going to keep sending more vitamins out there because once you're finished with a bill, you want more Carrie. Yes. <laughs> So once again, great work, great job. So thank you so much, Carrie, and thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Excellent. Uh, a Have a great day. Take care. Um, CarrieHersner.com. Good luck, Bill. Um, like I said, it's just it's a really nice surprise to have that. No, it's a terrific book. It's really an insightful book, and it's a good read. It's a fast read, but it's you know, I walked away from it feeling really good, and I felt like I learned something. And that's from it. that's a skilled writer. It's a yeah, she's a really skilled writer and it's a, a really grounded person. Book. Yeah, it really it really brought me in yeah. right from the first sentence. Excellent, excellent show. We'll see everyone next week. Um, 
we'll keep sharing Carrie's information as we go forward. So thanks for joining us today, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Have a great week.